0: Okay, I call to order this uh, Public Safety Committee meeting for uh, Wednesday, February 15th. Uh, roll call, please. Uh, Assemblymember Potter? Here. Assemblymember Hanson? Present. And Assemblymember Bass? Present. We'll move on to approval of agenda.
1: I move. We approve the agenda.
0: Second. Got a motion and a second to approve the agenda. All in favor, say Aye.
1: Aye.
0: Aye. Aye. Eyes have it. The agenda is approved. On to item four. Communications. Here citizens present. So we'll open up the floor to anyone who'd like to speak.
2: Jay?
3: Okay. I'm not sure who all is going to show up, but just in case, we can only have two people participate in the discussion when you talk with about die and in case we have two people that want to do that I'd like to speak now that um frees that up um so I'd like to talk about public safety in die and with the expectation that tourism is going to grow this year the impact on Dai is I think also going to grow. We're going to have, I I don't even know how many thousands of people, I'm guessing around 50,000 people uh, travel out to Dai every summer. Um, Plus, you've got summer workers, you've got people that live out there. Um, There's new, there's this hovercraft that's got a a website now for going out and uh, exploring the Taya River. So it's just growth. And and as it grows, Public safety becomes more of an issue. And the, the issues I'd like to talk about, one is communication. Um, I've talked to the assistant um, city manager a little bit about what it would take to get cell, to actually get cell service in DIE and why we don't have cell, cell service. And there's a lot of uh, discussion discussion, nobody really knows for sure, other than most people will say, well, it's up to the cell phone companies. But is it up to the cell phone companies? Could we, um, as a municipality, push them in a direction, either with a reward or punishment? I don't know. Um, My question is that um, one, somebody told me that one of the reasons why our cell phone service went down was because the antennas were shifted a little bit to do better service in the Skagway Valley and it caused worse service in Dai. I don't know if that's true, but I I do know it's worth looking at what it would take. Could the antennas being moved, could another antenna being placed on the tower, could it do anything for cell service? Um, I think it's something that we ought to at least look at and not just assume That the cell the cell companies are um, are totally in charge, and they might be, but we might be able to maneuver it a little bit. the The two big public safety issues um, out there that we've discussed are fire and flood, and flood is, I mean, it's just becoming unbelievable the the number of um, hundred year floods we had in a in a short period of time is pretty amazing and i i don't know i don't have an answer of of um, what we do to either help prevent the floods or to deal with the floods after they've happened but we have to be aware of um how hugely different life is now i mean when we're when we're talking about 19 foot. Um, water levels versus 16 foot was a was a big one not just a, just a few years ago um, but the big one that we can do something about is fire um, and uh, personally I think that fire is the biggest danger in the summer I think the most likely thing to do today to do damage in the summer is um a campground fire that that got out of control and um I think there's some ways that we can deal with that. Um I think that we've tried to encourage, we've talked with the park service and I think they need more encouragement to cut some of the uh the fire supply in the forest. Um they have reasons for not for not getting rid of some of that ground cover that's going to burn really fast if a fire starts. Um but we can meet somewhere in between and and get rid of some of that stuff. Um, we have a campground host out there. And what I'd like to see is that campground hosts have access and be trained in uh, minimal firefighting ability. A pickup truck and a 300-gallon tank or a 500-gallon uh, water tank and a pump is I think can do a significant amount of help out there. I might be wrong and I'd like to hear the fire department with their view, but I think when we have somebody who's out there most of the time, we need to use them um, in suppressing fires. And then we're there. Then uh, uh, we'll have, Lynn's gonna talk, I think about some of the provisions um, the well ideas that the committee has come up with. Just you state your name real quickly oh, for the Bruce record, Bruce Weber. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce, real
0: quickly, if you don't mind, just a quick question. When did you see the? Uh, when was the decline in the cell service out in Die? When did that occur? A year ago,
3: year a half ago, maybe two years ago, we two.
0: So, in the near, in the in the near
4: past.
3: Yeah. Okay. We had at our house. We usually have find self-service
0: out there. Thank you.
2: chairman if she's talking about number five a maybe we should just go to five a we can should we
0: just move would you like to just move forward to five a and open that discussion and then but we can go ahead and open with her. Let her make discussion. Okay, let's move on. We'll move into five A. Um, we did. We'll. I think correspondence. We have a little bit of correspondence in the uh, in the packet. We uh, something uh, from uh, I believe Mr. Nadon uh, we're, uh, discussing busking. That's in the package. But I didn't see anything else. Um, and then we'll go ahead and we'll move on to unfinished business five A discussion of public safety in Dai, and DAE. Uh, and
4: please, yes, Lynn Davison of. Uh- and, uh, it, this is just as a, a continuation really of what Bruce is talking about. The idea of public safety and fire safety and die, we consider there are three different, um, areas in regards to fire and, uh, and having eyes out there and a, and a first line of defense is certainly one of them. The, the second discussion we've had is having a, at least one well out there, uh, because the, the time it takes for the pumper truck to get back and forth, uh, from here out to the flats and back, especially in a case where there might be a fire that's starting to run while There are people evacuating. Who knows what the condition of the road is? There'll be people like me who, who are trying to get their horse out of there. You know, there, there, there are going to be weird things happening. And, um, and so if we had a well out there, and it wouldn't need to be a very expensive, uh, well out there on the flats, the water table is, is about 15 feet below ground level. Don't need to do a 300 foot well out there and get an elaborate, um, system to, to do it. You can get a couple of guys out there with a shovel and, and put in a well point and, and put the correct, uh, um, diameter of pipe that's going to be effective for the, and useful for the fire department so that we would have a ready source of water uh in years past they've talked about uh the the river being the source for water and there are times when when the river is frozen they certainly aren't the worst times for fire damage or danger but uh but even in other times the river maybe is too low it the road isn't doesn't doesn't go to it so that the pumper truck can get to the water easily. There'll be um, concerns about where is the closest water and the closest access. We we just wanna cut all that out and and have a dedicated um, well out there. And the discussion we've had between a number of people out there, the, the consensus seems to be that the best place for it would be out at this end of the, the West Creek Bridge and and um in addition to the well just have a small we're calling it a public safety building but nothing like <laughs> yeah we want a public safety building too you know just a cabin of some sort that was going to have emergency uh, um medical equipment or and communications maybe a satellite phone if we if we don't end up with with good cell service out there um some uh emergency rations in case the Dai is totally cut off from town. Simple kinds of things that just need to be brainstormed, but it doesn't need to be a huge place. It just needs to be a a simple cabin that uh would would have emergency capacity for communication, meeting, and, and storage of some emergency supplies. So I think that's that those are the things that I think the the cream of the crop as far as our issues. Anything else? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. The The A-frame at Long Bay, uh, uh, I believe Michael went up there and looked at it. You might've looked at it too. And, and it, is, uh, it has a hole in the roof, maybe where the stovepipe was, it is now letting water into it and it's losing its integrity as a cabin. And then just a little bit of repair would, would uh mean that it would still be a viable building and um and perhaps that A frame if it were had a little bit of repair done to it would serve as as an emergency public safety gathering spot and kind of centrally located there it's in Long Bay right. thank you
0: mr barnum uh, chief, I think we'd probably like to have you uh, speak in just a moment. We might go around and just have the committee talk about some of these issues, and then uh, bring you up, maybe answer some questions, and see what direction we're going. I think I'll open up the floor for uh, item five A, uh, public safety and DA.
2: I think my first question would be for the chief. Honestly,
0: there we go. Let's <laughs> cut. Let's get to it.
2: Thanks, Chief Roucher. Uh, For filling up a fire truck, what kind of capacity and flow or storage do you need? Because I mean, I think just having a shallow well point with brackish water is one thing, but if you can't get enough water in the truck very quickly, that's not very helpful.
5: Well, we talked about a couple different ideas that would be good. A well system would be good out there. Like, so it would decrease the tender operations. So tender operations exist in, in all rural places, not just Skagway, not just IE. Um, they they exist down south also. Um, we looked at dry hydrants, the which is cheaper, but I don't know if we would be able to put that in due to the park service i think there's some issues there and i don't know if i I wasn't at that meeting um, where they were talking about whether we can dig and put in a dry hydrant Um, but we would be able to draft pretty quickly um, and have a fill a fill station i think um, it was wayne green street that was talking about something equivalent to what the pump house that's behind the fire the fire station that that would be beneficial for just getting water and not having to do a longer transport and a lot you know, a water shuttle back and forth from Die. Does that answer your question?
2: I mean, I know the water table is very shallow everywhere in Dai. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you're probably not going to hit bedrock uh, in any of the, unless you're right up against the mountain, you probably won't hit bedrock. So if we're not trying to get potable water, that's a, it's pretty easy to get. Um, Yep.
5: And there's the park service has a well out there already. So we even researched, you know, tapping into that, but I, but with the flooding that's happened, I don't know the status of their well. Did you get any information back from the park service on their well? Cause we could use, it would be ideal just to tap into that and use that as a water source. But I don't know, you know, where, where that's at.
0: We do you have a well out there, Chief? That's, they do. The, they do. The Park Service does. Okay. We I, just I don't know
5: worry. the condition of the well that they have
1: out there. Um can you talk a little bit more about the the Park Service well? Um I guess you know how big it is. Where is it located exactly? And is that location was that affected and would access Would have been, um, would access have been restricted during that significant flooding? I'm trying to think of. I've heard it before. I don't know where it's at. I think it is beyond the bridge. Um,
5: So I don't know if it would, where the well is from the Park Service. The who? Okay okay yep at the ranger property where the rangers live so there's one there we don't know if there's one at the um at the campground
2: I guess my question is like how long does it take to fill up a fire truck?
5: You well, know? with I mean, the,
2: the rate of how, money, how many gallons per minute, yeah,
5: and- it depends on the the pump that you have that's filling your engine. So the one that's behind the firehouse, it fills it up in under like 5 minutes. So it's pretty fast. So it is faster than driving into town, filling up with a hydrant or even so our closest water source on that die road is at the training ground. So we have those tanks and that fills up pretty fast To I'd say about five minutes, um, cause it's elevated and it, um, so if, if we have a source there, probably about five minutes, I would think, so it would cut out a significant portion of the hauling back and forth, the tendering.
2: So you're thinking we would need to have a reservoir that's heated that has water in it that you you know, then you just basically are coming out of a tank that's above ground and heated into the fire truck as fast as possible, which I, is what the training grounds has. Right.
5: Yeah. So it is heated. I don't, I don't think that it needs to be an above tank system. I think it can be below grade mm-hmm. if possible. Um, and we could pull the water from there. I think that dry hydrants are an option. Yeah. Um, when you say
2: dry hydrants, you mean to each property?
5: No, it's a dry hydrant that would tap into the Tire River. So you'd cross that bridge. There's a water source there. It's not always. For, you can go low enough underneath where the ice is, and you could pull water from there. And it, was, it operates just like a hydrant would here in town. It's just a dry. It's like PVC piping, and they use it down south for a lot of rural areas. Um, and I supplied some. um documentation on that i didn't bring it here with me today because it wasn't on the list but uh, i think the hang up with that would be whether the park service would allow us to place one near that tire river across the bridge
2: I, i mean the the west creek bridge is not their purview
5: this is not the west creek bridge this would be the bridge that crosses over the tire river i don't know so it's not the blue one. It's the right. The the trestle one. Yeah. Yeah. So right after that, that would be a, a good spot.
0: Could you use where the West Creek bridge is? Would that be, would that be feasible for what we're discussing?
5: Yeah. I mean, that river is running all the time. So we would draft out of it. So we would put our suction hose in just like we would draft out of any water supply and we prime and suck water up into the engine. Um, or into our pump, into our tank. So that we we would do that during summertime operations. And and wintertime it would work for that too, you think? Wintertime is a little bit harder because I don't know the ice situation if, you know, it might be frozen to where we might not be able to draft out of there.
2: I mean, well, you know, the fear of of a campfire getting out of control is certainly. <laughs> Certainly, part of it, especially with having lots of tourists who are camping and may not practice the best safety. Uh, chimney fires are not a small concern either, and that takes a lot of water to put out. And uh, you're probably going to have a chimney fire in the dead of winter. Um, you know, loss of property and and life is certainly a big concern uh, when you're talking about residents and IE.
5: And there's um, like prevention that you can do. So the best fire response is preventing it from occurring in the first place. So cleaning your chimney and we have things in place to where we offer free chimney brushes. We try to remind people to clean. There's products that you can sprinkle into your chimney that will react with the smoke and clean the flue. Um, there's little canisters that you can buy where you little dry chem packs or you can throw in it. So there's, there's different things that individuals can do. I know I've done it for my chimney just um, to take extra precaution. Chief, you're totally
2: right. But people are going to burn <laughs> wet cotton wood no matter what you tell them. Yeah. No. Um, and there's going to be creosote buildup and they're going to run out of wood and they're going to start burning wet cotton. Whatever wood. they and can. And I yeah. guarantee they'll do that when they're out of wood.
5: Yeah. Nope. I'm not arguing, but The prevention is not just a one-and-done thing. It's continuous throughout. Understood.
2: But, you know, if if, if we're talking about making an investment and someone's house burns down while the fire truck's going back to town because they can't Mm -hmm. get it out of the river, we've made bad policies. You know what I'm saying?
5: Yeah, there's... Yeah. There's opportunities to make things better. As far as wildland um or the campfire rings, we've also talked about, there's those little hand pumps mm-hmm. that public works can drill and super easy, just kind of pop in. And that is a great thing because people are always out there. Uh, you just take water in a bucket and you put it on there. Like it's, yep. it's, you. time matters, no matter what we have, it's still going to take time to, to get it to where it needs to go. And Um, when that would be excellent to see more of those out there. Cause then you're empowering people to, you know, fill their bucket of water and put the water on the fire before it gets massive, massive wildland fires are going to take a lot more than what we have here in Skagway. So we do have those plans in place with Canada to call the tankers in and all that sort of stuff. So when you're talking about a massive wildland fire, it's going to be beyond anything that we can personnel, equipment, all of it. We're calling in additional resources. There's fire line already built in. So roads, is a natural fire line that we don't have to dig water is another natural fire line it's going to run up so fires run up the mountains not down um and so if it runs up i think the murphy property <laughs> would be the you know depending on the location and where it's at and everything um it would have a tendency to run up into unoccupable un unoccupied spaces lands i don't know it's a but it all depends. It's all relevant on where, you know.
0: If your current operations, if you had a fire out there in the summertime, in i.e., let's say a house fire, you you're gonna bring out the main engine, you're gonna bring the tender out. Are you gonna you're gonna run the tender back into town or to the to the training area to refill, or are you gonna access the river?
5: Do you it use- all depends on the location. So there's houses that go out towards Dye. So, die is huge. Some people call Dai once you turn and you're on the Dye road. So, if it's going out towards Dai and it's on the road, we'd probably fill right at where the training grounds is. That's going to be the fastest. So, we have two tenders. One we'd keep there. We'd have a a a, a porta tank It's a tank that you open, a portable tank that you'd open up, and that would be sucking The water out and then supplying it to our engine if our engine has to go down the driveways then that's where that engine would be there's just a lot of different logistics depending on where it's located if we're talking about west creek it's crossing the bridge and going then then it's different we have the tire river that we can probably draft during the summer time i don't know if we're talking about summer or winter anymore Summertime? Okay. Um, we'd be able to draft from there and it would be a lot quicker because we wouldn't have to drive all the way into town. Does that make sense? Or to the, to the training grounds for that water supply there. But we'd be looking for our biggest water supply to fill. That's the closest. So it's definitely due to the weather, due to our closest hydrant or water source. And that's everything that we do in town, too. It's just a little bit nicer in town because we have water sources every block um so that's a that's a very open-ended question um if it's on the flats i don't think we'd be able like we're not going to take our rigs you know too far out to where the ocean is just because they're they're tidal flats but we'd try to draft as close as we could from that tire river still but it just all depends on the location
0: Kind of assuming that it's kind of the big picture, the general picture of it, how advantageous would it be to your operations out there if you did have uh, a dedicated well that you could access?
5: It would be great. Yeah, so a dedicated well would be wonderful. Um, I would like to look at it being underground because that's what they do interior and I could reach out to other departments and see what they have. I do want to research um, dry um hydrants because i think that is something that we can do quickly um and it, put multiple ones in in different locations so we're not just focused again on one one plan right so you need to have a plan a a plan b a plan c and then if and then hopefully you're not getting too far past that but lots of different options for a huge area is what we're looking at not just like one I mean, it'd be better, though, to have a, another source out there, for sure.
0: Uh, how advantageous would it be? How much time would you save? Let's say if we did talk about a well out there, what kind of, instead of doing the tendering operations, and I understand there's different
5: locations c- scenarios
0: that may happen, but just kind of an overall guesstimate. Um, uh, How much time, how advantageous is it? Is it a little bit or is it a lot advantageous?
5: It's a lot. Like, so water is your primary tool when you're doing any sort of fire operations or fire tactics, uh, fire suppression. You need water. Um, If we have to stop, like we might get a nice knock on the fire and have it controlled. But if we have to stop, then that's time that the fire is growing. so it does interrupt it does interrupt the uh, the fire suppression operations if uh, for time wise like let's say hypothetically like let's just say it was at the ranger station that's across that trestle bridge um, well and it was in the winter <laughs> so where we couldn't use the tire the tire river and let's say it was all frozen up so we couldn't even you know break it and get get any water running underneath and we were forced to have to come back into town to where the um to where the training grounds water tanks are that would probably be for that shuttle to happen and i'm trying to just play out We'd have two shuttles because that's flat, right? We don't have to send our engine down anywhere. So we could set up our engine on the road. The ranger state, the ranger house is here. We could drop our uh, port-a-tank right beside it. It could suck from that tank. And our two tenders could be shuttling back and forth simultaneously. Is, that- is everybody following so far? Okay, I feel like sometimes I have to draw a picture to... Um, so two, so it could be, so w- when one is going to get water, one is unloading and then they switch which switch places. If we were limited to one, maybe it'd be like a 30 minutes to, maybe 30 minutes to go out there and then come back, maybe 45, but with it being on the road system, we'd have two that go back and forth. So I don't, I don't know. maybe, Maybe like a 15 minute operation
0: chief would you see in the winter time I think you said that it would be a great advantage in the summertime the well house mm-hmm. would it would it also be the same in the winter time yes With yeah. the freezing conditions I mean assumedly it has to be heated to operate would that be a
5: like ideally it'd be underground so it wouldn't have to heat it does that make sense because I believe and I don't know I'm not the person to ask, but the pump house that we have behind the fire station, behind the the public safety facility right now, those tanks are underground. those it's a weld system you might know Orion better than I do, but it's a pump house so it pulls it from the ground and fills it like with under five minutes.
0: Even in the winter, with the winter conditions, it still pumps it out of there. You don't have to heat it. There's not a power demand. If it's or-
5: underground, I don't okay. believe it needs to be. Yeah. Yep. Where it is. Okay. So that would be like some sort of an yeah an engineer or somebody to tell us like how deep it's got to go.
0: So really, in either situation, summertime, wintertime, a, some, a, a pump house dedicated out there in, Di, in the dai area is an advantage.
5: It is location. We really need to like sit down and look at location um, because we have a bunch of houses. It's not just the Dye area. There's a ton of houses on the Dye road to go out there. And so, again, they're in the same boat to where we have the training grounds is it for water supply. And it's even harder when you're going on that road. Like there is not a lot of places to where we can draft from. So once we get to Dai, we can draft if it's in the summertime and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But going up that road is where we need to pick, I would think like a, maybe like a midway point. I don't know. I need to like really sit down and look at some maps and strategize and plan like what would be the best for everybody. So I guess that's the thing. Like what is Dai? Right. So that whole road has no hide no, no water supply. There's no hydranted systems out there.
2: So you've got a few options that are city property. I mean, obviously the whole Dai Road, except for their area of mental health, I think is, is city property. But um, the Naku area, um, the problem is you don't have. Water till you drill um, on that peninsula. So you've got Matthews, you know, Matthews Creek, which has water. It um, has water year round. However, that's you now fairly not that convenient to Dai Flats area. Um, as you come to, into the flats, um, you have the raft pullout, and there is municipal property right there. Um, uh, we used to be the Toad ponds or something. Um, there's there's property there that certainly you wouldn't have to go very deep for water. Um, kind of a, a adjacent to uh, either the raft pullout or um, Murphy has a lot, and then next to that uh, is still city property. Um, I know I've gotten dirt from there before, and then from there I think you're probably talking about the West Creek Bridge. You know, in terms of places where the city control the city controlled and we could certainly put in, you know, public safety improvements. Um, You know, if it was somewhere in the middle, you're going to be right up against the Dai Road. I don't know how useful that would be. I'm sure you're going to have to drill pretty far down to get it because, you know, and maybe you hit seawater, maybe you don't, you know, you're going into bedrock for sure. chief would you also
0: feel that we heard discussion about having about staging equipment out there having a having a some you know obviously not a some kind of structure to to stage things in, uh, how advantageous would that be to your operations in dai and i guess again it's kind of i I guess when I think of Dae, I think of you know wow. South, yeah, I, I think <laughs> South and right. Naku kind of, but I, that's there, a good point there that are people it is. It's that absolutely live that's, the road that's so absolute that, Need
5: that service and too.
0: We hope that it would be something that would help everyone. But would that how advantageous would that be? I mean, I think you can put a trailer and you can drag equipment out there pretty easily. I would assume, but I don't know. Can you speak about that?
5: Yep. So we do have an incident command trailer that is stocked for deployment. Uh, you would just attach it to a pickup truck and pull it out there. Um, I think a container would be a great idea or just another trailer, a separate trailer to store. So we have different allotments of emergency food that the city has. I think we got it through LEPC, the local emergency planning commission. And so we have some at the training grounds. I think we have some at the rec center. Um, and I, I, I can't remember what other places, but we store them separately in case one gets compromised and we have a stash other, uh, another place. I think that would totally be fine. And we were talking about that. That idea has been brought up before, um, you know, basic first aid equipment, the, like I have to be careful with what I supply out there to the level of training. Right. So I mean, I can't, um, provide medications and things of that sort, but absolutely. Um, I think it's easy for the city to supply, you know basic first aid response food blankets cots things of that sort and, and we have that already kind of at our disposal through the um we have a container it's it's part of the whole southeast alaska um i don't i don't know what you call it but response mass casualty response but we have we have containers already set up very um just exactly like what we're talking about right now. There's one that's sitting outside of the rec center and it's a trailer with cots, with food. So it'd be it'd be sup- something really easy to do. As far as communications, we've been working on a communications grant with AFG with FEMA for a firefighters grant, and one of the things that I did put on there was a base station for out in Dai cuz communications are so bad out there for normal operations. So that's kind of underway. Um, not a satellite phone, but a base station, which I think is interoperable with PD, with fire, with Coast Guard, if need be, with the Park Service, uh, a lot more, a more, lot more comms.
1: We're, I'm sorry. Oh, where were you at in that grant process? Have you so we, been submitted yet or?
5: Yes. So it is submitted. Well, <laughs> that's a good question. It's been submitted. There was some technical difficulties with the new FEMA platform, but we do have a help ticket in, so it should it should go through. Radios are on our radar, and we have been working on on fixing that. It's bigger than just buying a base station or buying new portables, which are handheld. We need to do a lot of work to show our repeater system and to the, the overall scope. It's not just Skagway that's in that situation. Juno's in that situation. Ketchikan is, is rounding that. So I think we'll hear this week if our application is going to be allowed to be Um, it's, it's already in, but whether they're going to receive it, but I won't get that till the end of the week, I don't think. So that that's kind of in limbo, but everything that we've done, we can do. But we did put in for a base station out in Dai. Now where it's going to be housed, I haven't gotten that far yet, but better comms is on the radar.
0: Right now there is no emergency container out in Dai. Correct. So no they're emergency container. Only in town. Container. So if somehow yep. Dai got cut off from the road system, we it would just be more difficult, obviously, to get those supplies out there. Yep. Okay, Chief, and I again, I appreciate you coming and talking to us. I know, you
5: know we, okay, we didn't yeah. give you
0: a lot of time to prepare, but um, you heard Mr. W- Dr. Weber talk about the um, the flood concerns out there. Do you do you have any ideas or any plans or things to kind of mitigate the hazards of that flooding? We're seeing more and more flooding, higher and higher floods. Is there something you need or that we can do?
5: So, we had the tsunami specialist come in. I can't remember if he, I think he's with the state of Alaska. He gave us this huge map. Um, JJ and I both attended. So Chief Reddick and myself attended. Um, It only included Skagway. So I did ask that Dai be included in that as well. Um, From the communications, Dai is 100% like a flood. Zone, a floodplain. And even if Skagway is okay, is going to get the brunt of it. And there's not a lot we can do about that as far as I understand it. I'm not a floodplain specialist, but I don't think diking would. It did not sound to me from this gentleman from, you know, that specializes in it that diking would fix it or anything like that. It's just. A major floodplain and if there is some sort of tsunami or underground like sediment release it would immediately just become inundated and that's for the campers for everybody
0: then that would be for tsunami
5: Tsunami tsunami or they were talking about the biggest thing was sediment release to where you'd have that underground um and this is where i just not my specialty but Um, There would be the the sediment that's under the water. It would just keep sloughing off, sloughing off, sloughing off. And it would create an inundation. I don't Uh, know, maybe. Liquefaction or is there. I'm trying my best to talk.
0: But just for river flooding, let's say just river flooding. Oh, the Taya. For the Taya river flooding that we've seen, is there, do you have a, do you have responsive vessels that you could use? Is there anything that. I put in for a
5: boat, but. I don't have a boat right now. So right now, what we're doing is we're using personal marine vessels because there are a, a lot of us have them. Um, I know the city manager puts in his personal boat. I have a personal boat. I'm not opposed to using that. Uh, we have surview. Um, is is nearing its age for new motors and just an, a huge overhaul. I don't know. It's it's been a it's been a, a while since we've uh, really gotten any sort of attention to that vessel. Um, so no, we just have to get pretty creative at this point. I don't, I know, I I hear that the, the flooding is getting worse, it seems like, but
0: definitely something we'll have to, you know, consider and start uh, increasing our planning for is that increased flooding and, uh, you know, how we're going to respond and even how it may affect if we are going to put in a pump station, if we're going to put in these things for fire mitigation, you know, are they in the floodplain or something to think about? Yep.
5: So if we do put in a well, like checking to see if it's, you know, how it's going to interfere, the flooding would interfere with that because if the Park Service does have one in that location and, they don't, they can't speak to the quality of it because of the flooding. That was a, that was a concern. So that's something we need to learn from and not do the same thing. Right. Um, Evacuations, calling for evacuations early. And I do believe the city did that this last time, but you have to evacuate just like with wildland fires down South. If there's, you know, if it's, if it's heading towards, um, homes then they're called to evacuate those homes and you have to you have to leave the the area that's dangerous so
0: is there a pa system out there is there a is there there
5: is a pa system no there is well, it's, a, yeah, it's an, alarm an alarm system. So they can, but they can't, so they test it. So it's automatic, but they can get on. The police department can get on and broadcast out an evacuation or something of that sort. Yeah. What you need. And then they have those Nixles that they would push in, but it sounds like you're having problems with cell phones, but the nixel alert. So, you know, evacuation strongly encouraged or you know whatever the situation um but yeah no i think they've 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 brought a lot of good solutions but yeah it's all stuff that that we have talked about so food storage um supplies i don't think it's hard to get a container out there for equipment or even a trailer i don't i i i could see how that would be really attainable where to stage it is the biggest thing. It the whole thing's a floodplain.
0: Uh, any other questions for the chief?
1: it's probably maybe a question for um for everybody. <clears throat> kind of going back to uh, working with the Park Service or having access to their wells. Um, would it be? Uh, would it behoove us to maybe pursue like an MOU with the Park Service to have access to their wells in an emergency situation? Has anything like that ever been discussed, or we do need it a-
5: to be discussed? Yep, we do have an MOU with the Park Service. Um, it's it doesn't go into that much detail with utilizing their wells. I think we just learned about that this last winter, or maybe summer when we started talking with the park service on what water supply options there are besides drafting out of the rivers. Um, so that's something that, that we can look at for sure.
0: All right. Thank you, chief. Yep. Appreciate it. Um, I think if the committee uh, agrees, I'd like to reach out to staff and ask them to consider. I think think Deb made a great uh, point here about the park service. Well, do we have an MOU? I have a little list here about uh, what I'd like for them to kind of investigate. One would be the use of the park service well, um, also to look into the uh, installation of the dry hydrant system, just what that would take um, and what's the feasibility of that. considering i'd like to at least get a few locations of where they would hope what would be the best locations to put this well if if they had to choose and to get some ideas of where we could put it um also i'd like for them to talk about a container and die uh, with what's with, with equipment or 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 um emergency uh, you know cots and rations and things like that and then just uh kind of in general uh have them consider the floodplain issue, but at least those four kind of a direct immediate items to get some answers back to us. So maybe we can start looking at costs and, and, and feasibilities and really see if uh, we can do something because it's, it's clear there is a, there's a, Lack in uh, response capacity out there, and I think it's something. Hopefully, we could fix fairly easily. Um, but as uh, as Dr. Weber mentioned, as it as it continues to grow out there, we're going to have to provide these services to make sure that everybody stays safe. So, um, if if everybody's in concurrence with that, I'm at least going to push those four items. Um, hopefully, we can get something back by our next meeting, and we can discuss uh, maybe a direction forward on that.
1: Good. I would say um, maybe also um, pursuing this uh, the self service. So, so service so issue. Question, um, question. because because th- that's strange, right? There used to be service, and then
2: well, I want to say it was around 2018. I might be off a year or so, but I can remember building a house on Naku Road, and it was a lot better. I, I heard similar. Yeah. I'll reach out, I'll reach out myself,
0: Deb, and I'll find out about that. What kind of changes has occurred? You know, what, what caused that change in service to occur? And if it was something that simple, it's easy to put another antenna on those towers. Sometimes it matters what kind of, you know, if you can plug another antenna into the gear that you have, the receivers and things. But if there's space in the receiver, then, uh, it's a pretty easy fix and that would be something easy to do. So I'll, I'll dig into that one. Uh, Ryan, is there anything else you think we should add to this list for the st- for staff
2: or anything? No, else? I think that's great. I mean, have uh, you know, just do do some put some thought into you know whether it's a well system, uh, you know, a, a dry hydrant that's going into the Tyre River, um, and then whether we're you know we're building a building or just for the immediate term getting a, a container with supplies in it. <clears throat> um, you know we have areas that are diked but they're they still have flooded so i would say the area by the west creek bridge is probably better protected than the raft pullout they by near
0: the parking area for the new parking lot for the uh, park service is that the area that, that area or oh, you're saying before that's before that, that's that, the i think i think
2: branch. that area of the, the park service campground and the raft pullout you know i i that the rivers cut into there a few times, and I know d o t saved it at least once where it was almost to the pavement um, but you know it's it's uh atmospheric rivers are not helping okay um any other uh
0: discussion on five a Okay, nothing heard. We'll move on then to 5B, discussion of overnight parking. Uh, this was a question that uh, that uh, Chief Reddick had brought up and wanted to discuss with us. Um, I, I was hoping he'd be here to speak about this, to give us some of the details. I don't have them right now available. Um, if any other committee members uh, would like to bring something up, we can discuss this issue. I was hoping to have that, you know, that, that those details available, um, but we can discuss it. So it's we'll open it up. Any thoughts on overnight parking?
2: Are you talking about uh, cars that are just left indefinitely or just for one night, for a week, people sleeping in the cars? What What do you mean by that? I think, and, and
0: talking to Chief before, I think it's the, the desire to leave your car overnight somewhere, one night, where if I'm going to hike the Chilcoot or if I'm going to do something other than parking it on the street, where can I park it? Is there anywhere available? Maybe for a little bit longer term than that, maybe not just one night, but maybe like three nights or five nights or or something um uh, I think I I believe and I don't want to put words
2: in a chief's mouth but I think that's what he was talking about I would have to double check but I'm pretty sure the parking lot uh by the old cop shop you can leave it there can you remember this can you leave it there well
1: I actually while you were busy working hard all day I was going to the gym and taking a tour of parking lots (laughs) <laughs> I I did put in a hard 2 hours at the office.
2: <laughs> and what did you find out?
1: Um that parking lot doesn't actually have any signage on it. Um the other parking lots that are kind of the big ones <laughs> excuse me seem to be owned by are the um one is the Westmark Parking area that used to have the rental car lot. Um, and then you have the, the white pass one that also says no overnight parking. And then there's the parking area, um, on the, on the west side behind the t-shirt company that also seems like it's, I think that's also owned by white pass and it clearly says no overnight parking. So. It's it's just that, I think it's just that kind of unmarked um, old police station parking lot. Though that might have had a, uh, I don't think there was a sign there. And then you've got the, obviously the small boat harbor, but our tariff document um, has that uh, stated that that's going to be, um, you're going to have to pay for day use this coming season in those parking lots. Um, so my only question was, if we're not going to, if we're, if we're charging for day parking, how do we get into this situation where we don't charge for overnight parking? And what's that going to look like? Kind of in general, yeah, I didn't really know what this issue was going to be. So I was just thinking about all parking. I think while I'm on the topic and it pops into my head and we saw a bit of this last year. Because without access to, um, uh, the campgrounds, uh, we're just going to, I think it's especially coming into the season, that looks like it's going to be, um, possibly the busiest in Skagway's history. We're just going to see a proliferation of, um, people camping in their, you know, modified sprinter vans. Cause I know that happened last year. Um, and I can't say that I blame them, but, um, I think that's going to be a situation.
2: Well, speaking of the small boat Harbor, um, I had a meeting today about the tendering operations and busing. And, um, it's not for certain, but it's looking like the small boat Harbor will be very impacted by bus traffic. Um, and particularly, you know, they still have to do simulations about turning coach buses, but, uh, just the the, uh, the whole tendering operation in general and where you take those buses now that we've lost the whole turnaround aspect of uh, down by the bathrooms on the railroad dock. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this, but this is what was presented that the coach buses would turn into the area by the harbor master's office and then come out of the small boat harbor um, towards the ferry. Uh, that'd be pretty detrimental to the small boat harbor and it would eliminate basically all the parking that's there. Um, if that's the case, or it would be extremely impacted by, uh, the ability for coach buses to make a circle. So that's something that's being discussed looking into further. I know the manager's got some pretty major reservations about that. Uh, I do too, uh, but figuring out the tendering operation is no small task and uh, pretty imperative for um, the livelihood of, of the businesses who depend on people coming off the boats. Uh, just a lot of layers to that um, about how you clear uh, security, you know, where the all the different shoreline excursions embark from, um, that's Ferry, there's a whole bunch of layers to that whole discussion, but um, what was presented today was definitely uh, eliminating a great deal of the parking in the small boat Harbor, which uh, I hope can be modified in some way because that's not going to work very well for people who have boats or who operate their businesses out of the small boat Harbor. Um, I do think though that we need to start looking at people who just leave their vehicles there weeks and months at a time in the small boat harbor and that's something you know it might be somebody's out in their boat and they just they're just gone you know they're gone for weeks and that's that's you know we need to think about the long-term parking aspect rather than that's where you happen to park when you got in your boat and took off for the summer um you know i think whether you're talking about our short-term problems or not that's been an ongoing thing for a long time and as we get more and more use out of the small boat harbor area uh more more tourism more everything you know indefinite parking down there i don't think is fair um i know i, I totally the the westmark parking area which we lease every year from from the westmark and hopefully they'll, they'll continue to do that um that is definitely not overnight Those signs for sure say that um i I believe you're allowed to overnight park uh for the chokut especially with the new parking that they established the park service did last summer pretty sure that was always permitted because clearly if you're hiking the chokut you're gone for several nights um that's kind of a minimum um but i don't i don't recall any restrictions on the, the old cop police department parking lot that's city and um city and white pass in conjunction it's it's both lots from the city and white pass working in coordination for that I, I, I think we encourage people to go there actually and they it's kind of underutilized from from my perception um I thought people would have utilized it a lot more and I was hoping uh businesses you know in that South end of Broadway would would have their employees there more often, but
1: um, I don't know if it's that obvious that it it's available for parking. Maybe that was one of the issues.
2: Well, it's two blocks farther than people want to walk, I guess, but (laughs)
0: I appreciate the uh, the discussion on this item. I apologize again that I didn't have the details to really bring something to you. I was just more of a uh, a discussion item. Um, so if if everybody's amenable to it, I'll leave this on here as unfinished business, and we can uh, we'll and I'll have a more robust uh, uh, information package ready for this thing next time we talk about it. Um, any other discussion on five B? Nope. Okay. All right, let's move on to a 5C review of busking draft code. Um, I think we've all, has everybody had a chance to take a look at this, this pretty well, you know, pretty in depth code that's available now for us to consider for inclusion into a city code or at least our recommendation of it to the assembly. Um, I, uh, I really don't have an opinion immediately on the busking um, issue I mean on the issue itself I'm not sure the code itself seems pretty robust I like the idea of how it's being kept to certain areas and there's a there it's not just a free for all I think that's important Um, and some of these details seem well thought out but I think it's going to come down to what does the community want and what do we what do we feel is appropriate. so I think it's kind of where we begin the discussion. Uh, assembly member Hanson was speaking that this was something that was discussed, um, relatively, um, in the recent past. Um, and now we're discussing it again. So maybe we can kind of revive that discussion and, uh, get this item moving forward one way or the
2: other. So I'll open the floor up. Busking code. I was surprised to see this because I thought it was code, um, to tell you the truth. And I don't remember exactly how it evolved, but when Mayor Carlson was mayor, uh, she worked very hard on this. We worked on this in, in civic affairs, I think, for, I don't know, a long time. And something happened at the assembly table, and I think the way the clerk described it to me, we couldn't come to a conclusion and basically have busker permits like like the space holder but didn't adopt any of the code and i don't for the life of me i can't remember what the issue was other than it was like it seemed to me kind of minor it was like is it pink or is it you know faint red you know it was kind of discussion um it was pretty you know what's in here i thought was really thorough you know we had spaces where it was a, it was appropriate you know i think we've got um you know with what did the hours of operation i thought i thought it was extremely thorough you know and it adopted some things from other other municipal municipal codes but also if i'm not mistaken i thought we had exact locations where it only would be appropriate Really, to mention like certain areas where there,
0: there would be music, you know, uh, notes laid out on the on the on the pavement. Those areas. Now, where exactly those would be designated didn't seem to be. I, I didn't quite see those, you know, in here. I think that was to come. But uh, from a public safety standpoint, from just the safety, I I, I don't think um, really there's much concern on the public safety side of it now. Um, Again, I, I was hoping that Chief Reddick would be here to speak to us. Maybe, you know, is he concerned about pedestrian traffic? Is he concerned about, you know, uh, traffic jams where people may stop to, to, to enjoy this? And it, does that cause problems? Um, but this seems, it seems like those seem like pretty minor concerns at the public safety level where, um, you know, if, if the population, if the citizens wanted this it's something that we wanted to do that we could, uh, assumedly we could make this pretty safe without a huge lift. I don't think we need to hire more officers to manage the busking issue. Um, but uh, there could always be there's always unforeseen circumstances and unforeseen uh, uh,
2: situations. But yeah, it looks like it's only at Centennial Park and Pullen Creek I recall we talked about Fifth Ave and Broadway, but I think that might be Park Service. And there was another location, I think it's STC, uh, next to the Sweet Tooth. But uh, i mean, it to Centennial Park, Pullen Creek Shoreline Park. Um, You know, I guess it's saying, you know, the the rate of the permit would be set by resolution. Do it two hours at a time. I mean, it's, you know, it's fairly thorough. I it's like fun. that you know you can't use knives, you can't use fire, you can't <laughs> use you know, you
0: know wild fire. animals. I you know. was thinking you that know.
1: had to be a really yeah. fun committee discussion to I mean, include all the things that weren't allowed. Yeah,
2: juggling, nice dragons. Yeah. I don't see snakes in here, but you
1: know. trained bears, trained bear.
0: So for. Uh, yeah. The busking question itself, I, you know, I, I again, I'm not sure quite where I, where I think about that just in general, but public safety wise, I, I don't see how it could be that big of a concern. Um, again, I'm going to reach out to, to, to Chief. He was one who wanted to put this on the, uh, the agenda. So I definitely want to get his uh, kind of more in depth understanding why, what he thinks about this. But otherwise, I'm, uh, I don't see a lot of problem public safety. We could talk more about, you know, is this something we want for the for the for the community or not? I, I we can have that discussion if the community wants to, um, but
2: some some of that comes down to if they're good performers or they aren't. You know, if it's you know they're talented musicians or performers, great. If they're sounds like dying cats, you know, maybe you don't like it.
1: Some people to some people, wagon wheel is the sound of a dying cat.
0: Sure. Got there with my spoons. You don't want that. You don't want you don't
1: want to hear that. I do kind of want that. Wow. All right, maybe maybe later. I I I really like the idea of this. I think it really fits in well with the nature of Skagway, which I think is mentioned there somewhere. Um, oh yeah, in right there in paragraph A. To enhance the vib- vibrancy vitality ambiance of the municipality. I was looking at um the Haynes policy. They're not bound to the same historic district um rules that, that we are. And ours mirrors um really closely with theirs. You can tell a lot of work was put into this. Um my only thoughts the Haynes um policy allows goes from nine AM to, to nine PM, I think. I don't know if this is a public safety discussion. I think 6 p.m. seems a little early, but um, Haynes has, and I thought I read it somewhere in the, um, in the Skagway code. Haynes has a, uh, a, uh, a statement that um, a peace officer may disperse the portion of the crowd that's creating the obstruction Um um, and that's referring to any kind of, you'd say you have a particularly good performer and it starts kind of gathering the crowds. Basically, a police officer can kind of come by at any point and um, can disperse the crowd. And I thought that kind of clause was in here also. It's, it's, a, it's in there somewhere, right? g G7.
2: but you know shoreline park is acres centennial park well it is adjacent to broadway it's you know it's got a fair amount of room there and it's hardscapes and there's you know benches and other things it's not inherently on top of the street at centennial park i would imagine that would cause
0: very much you know, traffic congestion unless you get those, you know, stings out there. Bob Dylan shows up <laughs> or something. But yeah. Bob
2: Dylan shows up, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I would think the train would probably be more distracting for the busker than than, than the other way around. But
1: I, I agree. From a public safety standpoint, I don't see any issues with it.
0: I think what I'd like to do is, and if you, if the committee's in agreement, then, uh, I would, uh, recommend this to civic affairs to say, well, public safety doesn't really have a concern with this from the public safety side of things. We, we hand it off to you now to decide if this is what, you know, the, the citizen and the, and the municipality wants. And if they want to recommend it up higher to the assembly, then maybe we look at it up there. I support that. Okay. Deb? Great. Good. Okay. I'll do that. I'll push that to civic affairs with our, uh, approval from the public safety side and any other any other discussion on 5c okay nothing heard we'll move on new business i don't have anything um so i think we'll just go right to number seven public safety committee discussion items i currently i don't have anything so i'll open the floor up
2: Uh, thanks chair at uh planning and zoning craig weidmer wrote another letter of concern about the bus traffic on Spring Street as it relates to uh, the train loading at 11th and 12th. And I remember a couple of years ago, you'd had a lot of discussions with White Pass and the buses about, I think it was changing the direction that they park the buses, if I'm remembering that correctly. And I don't remember what happened, but something changed about that because you were, re- you had really kind of figured out a different f- traffic flow that would have not put oncoming traffic at pedestrians when they get off the train was my, my, the general understanding of what the, I mean, I've seen it where you got buses and the trail, the people are walking back off the, off the train and, you know, where they got picked up down to the docks and then they got, you know, the 500 people are walking back South. Um, And I just don't, I don't know where that went. I know you, you were, had, had seemed to have some pretty good solutions and then, it didn't happen as uh, my understanding but and the big i mean it, it
0: to move those large buses kind of off of spring street and keep them uh, more until uh, to 11th and 12th where we had already widened the streets to make it more amenable to the to the buses coming in and then all they would really have to do would be to reorientate the traffic this, this the parking spaces from kind of north to south and instead go south to north so that you'd actually come in on 12th You'd park in the spaces like this, then you'd come out and go on eleventh now and, and uh we were working with uh with with the bus companies with White pass to make that happen, but what the big concern wasn't and what stopped it in its tracks really was that what you would is end up doing is taking all the traffic off of spring Street and you'd move it over onto Broadway and drive it up to eleventh and bring it into there. The concern is is that spring streets like industrial and that portion of Broadway is residential. So what you'd actually be doing is moving heavy bus traffic from a light industrial zone into a residential zone. It was I couldn't then, once I kind of realized that, I couldn't support that. Um, it was more of a planning, you, you know, your home in this area is zone light industrial, and you may have to just deal with more bus traffic. For me to push that traffic to where it's gonna impact like four more blocks of residential, was hard and i and and that's kind of where it ended so i mean i think the discussion is still there the desire is still there the need still there it's just where do you reorientate that bus traffic to where what do you do with them you're going to have to put them into more residential areas even uh oh even their exit plan is going to impact more residential than kind of what they were currently doing so
2: that's where we were do do you know if the and I get my bumps and humps confused, but uh, do you know if that's coming back in when we don't have to plow?
0: We're supposed to have one of the, the bumps. We're supposed to have, instead of the big hump, we're supposed to have something smaller and more manageable that's that's removable in winter. And so we're supposed to have something that's going to be in there this summer. Those were being ordered to replace the big humps that people didn't like that were doing damage to vehicles. So I believe that's still in the works. And I uh, I, I believe we even made that direction uh, uh, as the assembly. So I assume we'll see that this summer, the bumps. We'll have to wait and see.
2: Which reduces speed where you're going to be pretty unhappy with your suspension and you know the damage to your car and all the rest of that
0: suspension doesn't like and especially the humps they really didn't
2: like the humps these
0: bumps are supposed to be much less of an impact but still should reduce the speed but not as much as the humps so,
2: and they're going to go back in they're supposed to go back season. in okay yep yeah i don't uh i don't exactly know what we tell mr weidmer you know i that that you know, I, he has a front row of seat of, of what's going on. Um, and I know he, he has written very professional letters, you know, and so from that standpoint, I, you know, I think it, it, we should, we should be responsive, but um, understanding that this basically is going from light would be pushing the traffic from light industrial to residential. I get the, I get the conundrum with that. Um, and you you do have buses that come here to City Hall, you know, or at least they have for years. They come, they offload to City Hall, and that's part of the route. You know, they go to the museum, and then they go up there. So, and I don't know if those are the same buses or not, but um, that's certainly, there are certainly coach buses that park right out here in front of City Hall, go to the museum, and that's part of their tour. And and I think I, I think any bus
0: traffic obviously was a concern, and, and I spoke with Mr. Widener many times, and I you know kind of that same conundrum, you're in light industrial, where do we push them? Another concern, but we addressed it, which I'm glad we did. Was we saw those videos where all the the, the pedestrians were walking down right by the buses, and the buses are idling right there, and there was nowhere, there's no way, no safe spot for the pedestrian to be clear of the buses. I think we, we've put the sidewalk in now over here. And hopefully we've mitigated a little bit of that. And we're also going to help. We're going to try to direct people to take that 11th 11th Street sidewalk. And last year they were telling people when they came off the train, please try to use 11th. That's safer than trying to go down spring. But people still came down spring. They want to walk down. They want to see the the courthouse. They want to do that. Um, But at least we got the sidewalk in. That helped a little bit. Um, So, yeah, we are don't know what to do with those buses.
3: Thanks.
1: I guess just to, um, carry on with that a little bit, uh, last spring, I, um, took a ride along with, um, uh, I was the largest of the, um, Holland America bus size that they had (coughs) with Amber and Vicky Moy and they gave me a a tour of the route. And they had mentioned that they had already done with this, um, prior with you and they had pointed out your, um, suggestions which seemed like made a lot of sense when you could see it. it's like oh yeah that's seems like um that would have solved it but then you kind of carry it uh you, you carry along with the with the bus pattern and, and you're absolutely right about the zoning and you just inevitably you're gonna you know doing it this way you're upsetting this amount of people you change the route and now you're upsetting this amount of people so I don't think anybody really knows what the solution is other than, you know, another pandemic when we had no bus traffic. Um, I, I took a couple times to uh, a couple opportunities to check out um, the pedestrian traffic because that also seemed like a that was one of my major concerns. Is like watching those videos, those people uh, were putting themselves in danger. So. Oh, I was excited about the, the sidewalk and, and it did seem like, and I know that, um, white pass was talking about they were going to make a concerted effort, um, to like, please, when you exit the train, um, head up 11th toward Broadway, people are also always just going to naturally walk towards this really cool looking building. Um, something that, that, um, I had talked about with them was actually, cause people like, I'm a big fan of signs. And just like in, in big letters, writing, um, painting right on 11th, you know, with arrows like walk this way. And I don't think anything, obviously nothing came about that, but um, it was, seems like five years ago. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that was discussed that I haven't um, seen seen anything happen with.
2: Well, one thing also addressing Mr. Weidmer's letter about, um, uh, the Packer tours, um, this isn't really relevant to us other than there won't be Packer tours. So in terms of their guides, walking people down the middle of spring street two fifth, cutting through and then straight down spring street up to the train. Um, I've spoken with Mr. Borsi and, um, I don't think Packer is going to be doing tours. So it's unfortunate, but that's, uh, I think, result of three years of uh, not having those awesome tours up into Canada. So he's he's not doing it. Okay. Um,
0: If there's no other comments, then I would uh, consider a motion to adjourn. I move we adjourn. Second. Got a motion and a second. All in favor,
4: say aye. 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 We're adjourned. Thank you.